0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in fellas, fellas, fellas to a special edition of the NFL betting show this week for NFL Week 12. We're going to have our Thanksgiving special. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you in advance. Maybe you're watching this on Thanksgiving Day. It is so a, a great day overall, right? It's a fantastic day. Manja on your food. Get smacked with your information. Enjoy the football. When I say smacked with the information, if you're not familiar, that's what we're going to do here. We're going to hit you and smack you with as much information as you possibly can handle for each of these bets. And don't worry, normally I pick the bets that I I'm going to be betting for that game, right? For that week. Well, I'm betting everything this week because it's Thanksgiving. And why not have a great day uh, filled with food, family, and football? So what we're going to do, there you go, the three Fs. So what we're going to do here is give you information. It'll pop up on the screen, some of the analysis, key statistics from betting lines that I use and some of the stuff that goes into models that I use for projecting player performance, things like that. And what we're going to do is take a side in each of these games, take a side for each of the totals, a lean, whatever it is. I have a bet, six bets already placed, one on the total of each game and one on the spread of each game. So we're going to go through for every single game and give you an a little breakdown so you know where you could be right now tailing some picks if you want to and hey if they win manja for everybody not just in the food on thanksgiving but in the dollar ruskies as well so welcome into the show and i would ask you a lot of people are probably going to see this because even more people than normal are going to be wanting to bet on sports because it's thanksgiving and why not do that why not enjoy the games to an even greater extent with something on the line something at stake so if you're here and maybe you're a first time viewer and you like the content throughout it please do hit that like button really helps the channel and the big one the subscribe button that just popped up on the screen on the youtube channel i really appreciate it it if you can do that as well. If you're listening on the podcast, How Those Ears Doing, it really does also help if you leave a five-star rating and review, it takes 30 seconds, and you get entered into a chance to win a $50 giveaway each Sunday. I announced that just leave a way for me to contact you. Now, today's video is going to be sponsored, and oh yes, we have a sponsor for the Thanksgiving video as well, the good people over at Vigit. Vigit is an app, and it's basically shows social media for sports bettors. So if you're into Twitter, like if you like Twitter, a lot of people watching this probably do, it's kind of like the Twitter version for sports betting. Even if you're not into Twitter, you don't like all the other stuff that goes on on Twitter, the negativity side of Twitter, the arguments, when you just Go over onto Viget where it's even more niche down to the people that are like minded to you, people watching this video that enjoy betting on sports, fantasy football, whatever that demographic might be. And Vigit's fun because it's broken into three parts. One, they have just the social media side where you can talk about picks. But number two, they have a online free sportsbook there as well where you can use some Vig coins. Which if you use the promo code Sal, download the app for free. Use the promo code Sal when you sign up. They'll give you a thousand Vig coins, which this could be used in their free sportsbook. And basically, what you can do there is win some prizes like Amazon gift cards. I've already had a friend actually be able to uh, cash out an Amazon gift card on there. And the third part of it, so you have the social media side, you have this free sports book where you can win some Amazon gift cards and cool prizes. And the third part of it that's nice is they update you with information. So I use the app to prepare some of these videos on based on injury news. They're going to be up there. They have a whole breakdown for every single game, even the most obscure college football games, even some of the late night or Thursday night football NFL games. They have information for all of it. Line movement, total movement, injuries, recent play, some statistics as well. It gets you prepped so that no matter what, you're not betting on something blindly if you don't have a video from me or a video from somebody else. So check out Vigit. Link down below to download the app and also using that promo code Sal, remember to let them know that you came for me. So you get a thousand big coins to start using for this Thursday slate. Why not? If you don't want to put actual dollar riskies up on the line or a lot of them, you can go in there and you can get a thousand big coins and just start using those and a chance to win Amazon gift cards, which then you can splurge on whatever you want, whatever you want to use with your Amazon dollar riskies. So let's get into this video, everybody. Let's start it off with the first game of the day. And I love these 1230 starts because right around noon or 1130 a.m. I'm getting done. I'm getting ready to go. And it's only still the morning, technically, and we're ready to go, especially if you're on the West Coast. That's crazy. AM starts sounds like uh, heaven to me personally, but 1230 is what we're going to be getting here for Houston and the Lions. This game is in Detroit as tradition is always on Thanksgiving. In this game right now, you're seeing a couple different spreads. If you're looking on the screen, most spots are minus two and a half right now for the Texans. Texans coming in as road favorites, making the Detroit Lions home dogs in this one. But I currently have a bet in on the Texans minus two. So we'll start with the spread and then get to the total. I have a bet in on the Texans minus two. I got that one at BetMGM, as you can see right here. I got them there at minus two. I like the Texans in this one. So as small as a number you can get, if you want to wait later in the week and think that it moves towards the Texans. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. They open at minus two on bet MGM. So that's where I took it. I don't think this thing gets to plus three. So I think if anything, you might end up getting it going to minus two in some spots for the Texans, but probably more times than not, it just stays at minus two and a half in this spot. Look, I think the Texans are just a better football team overall. And their defense is really starting to come on as of late, especially mainly anchored by JJ Watt in that front seven. The secondary has been bad, but if you're going to get any type of pressure, it will just naturally make your secondary better because quarterbacks are forced to throw the ball quicker and things like that. So Houston in this one, why do I like them at minus two? Why? watching on the YouTube version, you can see some key statistics popping up on the screen. So the reasons why I like Houston right now. So the number one reason and the big advantage that I like here is that Houston has a number six pass blocking offensive line. Now, two years ago, this was a terrible offensive line. Midway through last year, it started to become really good. And now this year, yet again, similar to the end of last year, it's top 10 and borderline top five so far this year And Detroit. So you're going to give a lot of time for Deshaun Watson, who every single week this year, and Deshaun Watson is performing as a top five quarterback in the league. If his team had a winning record, he'd be in the MVP conversation based on the statistics he's putting up. He's still stable on the ground, but he's been very efficient in the air, averaging around 8.5 yards per attempt. And over the last month and month and a half, uh, coincidence, when Bill O'Brien leaves his team, he's been arguably a top two or three quarterback in the entire National Football League. And now he's going up against Detroit's number 21 pass rush and number 30 coverage unit. This is a fantastic spot for the Houston offense. Now, Houston on defense is allowing the number 28 yards per play allowed. That's not good. They're a bad defense. They allow 6.1 yards per play, meaning they're bottom five. But also Detroit is bottom 10 right now, allowing 5.9. So it is two bad defenses. So both offenses are going to be able to score at well. Well, which offense is better? It's by far Houston's. Houston's number six in yards per play on offense at 6.1 per play and Detroit not great number 20 at 5.5 yards per play now keep an eye on some of the injury news here especially on offense Kenny Galladay and Danny Amendola and DeAndre Swift who just got his first start prior to being out this past week and was fantastic in that game taking on a huge workload for the first time this year of about 20 plus touches if those guys at least some of them are going to be in DeAndre Swift is battling a concussion some other injuries for Galladay missing basically more games than not this year keep an eye on those guys they won't individually move the line a lot but the combination of all three of them I mean having to rely on Adrian Peterson and Marvin Hall and Quentin Syphus, who's a rookie, instead of those other names I just mentioned, is going to be a lot worse in terms of keeping it close or at least winning this game. Now we're not rooting for the straight out win, but basically when the spread is this close, minus two and a half, a lot of the times, although we want those extra points, the minus two, the minus one and a half, if we can get it there, a lot of the times you just need the victory here in these situations if it's less than a field goal spread, which we're getting here at minus two on MGM and minus two and a half on FanDuel DraftKings, wherever you're looking. So far this year in terms of trends, which are always going to be changing by the week, so you can't rely on them 100%. So far this year, Houston is four and seven against the spread, and Detroit is also four and seven, so they've been valued, if you will, each and every week, basically by the market and by Vegas opening lines and then the market settling the final lines, basically the same extent these teams this year. But Houston, you could also keep in mind that beginning of the year, they were worse on defense. They had Bill O'Brien. So I think that over this last month, they've become a much better team and a more efficient, especially on offense and a little bit more on defense football team. Houston is the sixth worst team. And there's a lot of teams tied with this. So they're kind of like middle of the pack at this point, a little bit below average with minus four turnover differential. Not great. You want that to be positive. The positive means more turnovers you have forced than given up this year on offense. When right now, Detroit is neutral at zero so far this season i believe they just got their first interception last game so they've been neutral in terms of limiting the turnovers but they've also gotten a decent amount of fumble recoveries as well so i like the texans in this one at minus two i like them to straight out win i think that both defenses are very bad they're equally as bad but the texans have a clear advantage on offense honestly potentially at every single position outside if deandre swift starts i would give that upside to the Lions. maybe give the tight end advantage probably to tj hawkinson but in terms of the pass catchers in terms of the trenches both on the offensive and defensive line i think that's going to be won by the texans here if Deshaun Watson limits the turnovers to at most one I think they get the win here I get the, I think they get it pretty handily but we'll take the minus two and a half by the Texans for our first bet of our Thanksgiving football slate start you off there with a little bit of an appetizer how about that bad boy so now we get into the total side of this one if we look at the total it's opening in most spots at 50 and a half points bet it opened at 51 and if I slide there's a bunch of other sports books on here for watching on the YouTube channel but 50 and a half is the over on there that we could look at for most of these sites especially if you're like me and you want to be betting the over here so why do I want to be betting the over well let's put some stats up for the over under our second bet of this one we bet at the over. I have a bet in right now over under 50 and a half for Houston and Detroit at 1230 PM East coast time start in over games this year. We're actually betting against the trends here. Houston is five and six and Detroit is six and five. So basically they're neutral in terms of if you put their records together right now, both teams, if you combine them are 11 and 11 in the over under. So it's basically neutral, but we're getting betting against the trends. If you're looking at the Texans record in those games. Now, these are the things that I like. We already mentioned it, but Houston is number 28 in yards per, per play allowed, meaning that they're letting the opposing offense be very efficient in terms of plays per game And Detroit is number 23. So two bottom 10 D defenses and borderline bottom five for both of these teams right now in terms of allowing the opposing team to be very efficient. Well, that's not great when Deshaun Watson is coming to town. He's a top five efficiency quarterback with over 8.4 yards per attempt so far this season and averaging over nine yards per attempt over the last four games of the season right now. So he should be able on his side to be able to pick apart this Detroit defense pretty easily. Now, Houston is number 32 in plays per game when Detroit is number 25. That would be your one concern with this game not getting to the over. Neither team is going to run a ton of plays relative to most teams in the NFL. Right now you're seeing Houston run 58 and a half plays per game, Detroit 62 per game. Some of the higher teams in the NFL are running 70 plays per game. On average, teams are running 66 to 67. So if you're getting both teams right now in this one playing at slow paces, and you're going to see 10 less plays, maybe total in the game, that can be a concern when you're trying to get to the over. That basically comes down to maybe one or two less drives in the game, probably more times than not one less drive. We're hoping that they can get there on that one less drive on, let's say somewhere around like 16 to 18 drives instead of 18 to 20, which is the concern there. But Houston right now, they're averaging 23 points per game and Detroit 25.2. Okay. So we're close there, but Houston allows 20, 28 points per game on defense and Detroit allows 30 29.7 to be exact points per game on defense and the big thing here for shooting for the over is both teams are bottom five in total defense in general according to pro football focus our main concern is the pace of play if these two teams play at a snail's pace in this game if the Texans which they haven't been able to and they really haven't tried to get the running game going against a bad defense in Detroit in all aspects including against the run then that can slow this game down even more because if DeAndre Swift comes back we know Detroit will want to run the ball they've been basically run first since Matt Patricia has been there even though their best weapons are in the passing game for the past three or four years so that is our one concern with taking the over here at 50 and a half we'll take the over i think it's going to come down to one of these last drives in the game with houston texans being a very efficient offense we'll take them in this one to kind of carry the load especially since we have the side of them as minus two in this one i'm not going to be parlaying anything if you want to have a huge parlay card and have even more of a sweat go ahead and go for it but i'll be playing a lot of daily fantasy sports dfs which you can check out all my other content to get ready for DraftKings, whatever other site you're playing on super draft you can just check out my bio we'll have everything you need for that and also I have a patreon down below which helps you even more with information game by game notes projections, rankings, ownership percentage for DFS. It'll help you with sports betting as well. You can check that out. So the first game is done. We have Houston minus two versus Detroit and the over 50 and a half because life's too short to bet the under until we get to some of these other games. Let's now move to the second game of the day, which is going to be the Dallas Cowboys, which they always host Thanksgiving as well. Right now, and the Dallas Cowboys will get a division rival. And look, all these teams, every single team in the NFC East right now has three wins. So this one is going to be for the, the short term. Whoever wins this game will be in the lead until Sunday's games come in the Eagles and Giants play, but we will be the first place team in the NFC East. You have Washington, right? Now, coming into this one in some spots, most spots plus two and a half, but we see them on Bet MGM, another favorable line if you're taking that side of it at plus three, meaning that the Cowboys are opening as two and a half to three point favorites at home. What that means more times than not is, depending on what you think of home field advantage, this would be a coin flip or a one point spread for the Cowboys if it was a neutral field. Last time these teams faced Andy Dalton through 19 attempts, 75 yards, he was absolutely brutal. The pressure was getting to him, he was sacked six times, and then he got hurt, and we were introduced to maybe the worst quarterback of all time in the NFL history, and Ben DiNucci. Shout out Ben DiNucci. If you're watching this and betting on sports this weekend, you did the best. You could props to you. You got an NFL start on Sunday Night Football, you got the loss, but you have a pretty cool story to tell your kids and grandkids in a couple of years, anyways. They won 25 to 3 that game, Washington, but it was a little bit deceiving in terms of how they got there. Some short fields, obviously, they got a lot of pressure. We just saw the Cowboys last week upset the Minnesota Vikings, they came into that one as almost 10 point underdogs. And Andy Dalton did not perform that great. I'll be honest with you. You're gonna look at the end of the game and say, Oh, he had three passing touchdowns, only 202 yards, he had an interception, he only averaged 6.3 yards per attempt. It was the fact that they got the running game going last week against a Minnesota team that struggles to defend any part of the game their pass rush their secondary their run game all of it's bad you had zeke going over 100 yards for the first time in a very long time you had tony pollard on five carries have 60 yards the running game for the cowboys ran for over 180 yards on 30 attempts and if you take out the quarterback plays they average about six yards per attempt on the ground against minnesota that's not gonna be the same case for washington who they struggle to get anything going the running game any type of a play action downfield anything going the last time they faced washington when they beat them 25 to 3 and now even though they're at home and they're coming off of this win, and the public maybe thinks now cowboys normally a public team and the opposite It is the fact for Washington. Now, the Cowboys team, maybe the public is saying, people watching it are saying, hey, the Cowboys, normally I know they're a good team. They just came off of a win last week. They're looking decent right now. Here we go. The Cowboys, let's bet the Cowboys at minus three. Not for me. I'm taking right now Washington at plus three because I I think they should be favored in this game. I think even as the road team, they should still be favored in this game. And Alex Smith, if anything, is the biggest upgrade they've had at quarterback so far this season, the way that he's playing. Now, he's playing a little bit conservative, short passing, intermediate passing to McLaurin when he has to, short passing to running backs for most of the time. But we're seeing this work out. And let's not take anything away from last week when Joe Burrow gets hurt and Ryan. Finley, who might actually take the crown for worst quarterback in the NFL after the next couple weeks from Ben DiNucci came into play last week. It was basically an automatic win for the Washington football team. But the reasons why I like Washington at plus three. Okay, so a couple things to get off right off the bat. Washington is six and five against the spread. Dallas is three and eight. So Dallas continues to be overvalued, although they picked up a win last week outright as underdogs ended up winning. So a couple things that I really do like here. Washington, number eight overall defense. This is the big thing here. Their unit, their defensive unit, especially their front right now, which ranks top 10 in overall pressure rate against the Dallas passing offense and offensive line. That is borderline bottom third in the NFL and blocking for their quarterbacks. And the Washington number eight overall defense faces Dallas's number 26 overall offense. Now Dallas is number one in plays per game. So we'll see a lot of plays in this one. And Washington is exactly average at 15th running 64 plays and Dallas is running 72.5. A lot of that is going to be skewed heavily from the earlier month of the season when Dak Prescott was actually healthy. And this team was just forced to throw a ton trailing in games. Now let's not get it twisted. Dallas's defense is still absolutely brutal and terrible. And they're giving up the number 24th most efficiency to opposing teams at 5.9 yards per play. Washington, though, not going to be able to take advantage of it all that much. They're 27th, sixth worst in the NFL in yards per play at five, and Dallas is 22nd, bottom 10 in the NFL at 5.4. So we have two bad offenses coming in here. Even if Dallas got the win last week, even if they got their running game going and Dalton looked half decent keeping CeeDee Lamb and keeping Amari Cooper in play last week for fantasy rosters, he still was not that great. Again, 6.3 yards per attempt, barely cracking 200 yards. It was the running game that really elevated them over Minnesota and scored 31 total points. So let's settle our expectations and bring it now to a team who can get pressure, sacking Andy Dalton and less them game of play six times last time out there whose defense is number seven overall right now in yards per play allowed so I like this a lot I think that Washington's defense is going to be able to keep this game close enough Alex Smith will be able to slow the game down from the short passing I think that the Cowboys want to based on the fact that Washington can get pressure open up the running game here and they had success last week can they have success again this week against Washington that they did not have success against a couple weeks back when they lost 25-3 to part of that could be easily game flow scripted though as Zeke only I believe saw 12 carries in that one after coming off of now seeing about 20 plus carries this past weekend so I like Washington at Plus three here. The biggest reason if I could sum it all up into just one bullet point, number eight overall defense that has a great pass rush against the number 26 overall offense that has a very struggling offensive line. So where do we go in the over-under on this one? As you can see it on the screen, it's basically opening in every single spot at 47 and a half. It's at 48 on Fanduel, but we're going to go for the 40 eight right now that we see on FanDuel because we're going to be siding with the under in this game. So I'm going under 48. And this is probably the hardest bet out of the six bets that we're going to make this week for Thanksgiving, because there's a lot of different ways that this can skew either way. First of all, in that game where they won 25 to three, Washington earlier on, we could look at it and see some things as to why the game was going to the under, but there's not a lot we can generate from that because Kyle Allen was a starting quarterback. Andy Dalton gets hurt during the game and it's kind of all over the place. The Dallas offensive line has gotten somewhat healthier since then to an extent. Uh, So maybe you don't see as much sacks six on Andy Dalton in that game. But then you look at it the other way around and you say 48 is a very low over under for a game, especially in today's NFL. So what gives here? We just saw the Cowboys put up 31 points last week, right? We're seeing so far in the season as I put up some stats and a lot of stats because this bet is going to be the one that probably drives me uh, the most nuts during it because I like both sides of this bet, the over and the under, but obviously no point in betting both of those. So let's just break this down overall. So Washington has gone four and seven for their over under and Dallas five and six. So these teams are just not hitting the over so far on the season this year, more times than they're hitting the under. Now, Dallas, like I mentioned earlier, number one in place per game, Washington will slow that down being number 15 and even slower now that Alex Smith is throwing these shorter passes and not picking up chunk yardage overall. They're having longer sustaining drives. Washington is number 27 in yards per play on offense and Dallas is number 22. So two bottom 10 offenses in terms of being efficient. They're not picking up chunk yardage. They're getting right now five yards per play for Washington and 5.4 yards per play for Dallas. Now in the last game, let's give you a little bit of a flashback. I think it was week seven. Dalton got hurt after going nine of 19 for 75 yards in the interception. Zeke went for 12 carries for 45 yards on the ground and Pollard. He had some touches eight For just 16 yards, neither of them had a touchdown. Washington won that game 25 to three, and Dallas only had 142 yards on offense, while Washington had 397 yards on offense, led by Kyle Allen, and a lot of that on the ground. Antonio Gibson had over 100 yards on the ground alone. Dallas allowed six sacks to be given up, but they only had one turnover, just one interception. And Washington comes into this game still with a top 10 pressure unit. This is where you start to question: Do we really want to go to the over? Like, right? There's a lot of stats that kind of point towards that. A lot of the ones I just mentioned scream under, but Dallas allows 32.2 points per game. Washington allows 24.2 points. Points per game so far this season. Now for me, this is the most difficult bet on the board because we just saw Dallas succeed last week. But I think a lot of people will see that and want to bet the over, especially on Thanksgiving. Nobody really wants to be betting these unders right now. Washington can generate a lot of pressure still on Dallas. Dallas's offensive line, even after moving Zach Martin around last week, it was going to look good no matter what because Minnesota is not a good pass rush, and it looked decent last week—not great, but decent. I don't think that's going to be a case against his front seven of just everywhere you're looking, first-round picks that are absolute monsters, highlighted by Chase Young on this defensive line right now for the Washington Football Team. And now this is what I can kind of sum it all down to I can sum it all down to first of all we have to rely on Dallas to keep Andy Dalton upright and continue to have success in the running game against a much better defense now in Washington which I don't believe is going to be the case and actually close up drives with touchdowns and also on the opposite side of that now Kyle Allen was actually throwing downfield for Washington when he was a starter Alex Smith is not doing that he's checking it down he's finding the short to intermediate passes and that's fine but when you're having these 13 play drives instead of six play drives it's going to keep that clock moving a lot more and limit the amount of possessions in the game which always helps the under so we're going to be taking the under on Fanduel right now of 48 for our fourth bet of the week. Uh, for this game, we have Washington plus three and the under 48. And before we finish it up with the Steelers and Ravens divisional night game matchup at 8.20 p.m. East Coast time, I just want to let you know about the second sponsor of the show, Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Fight is a player prop site where you can take the more or less, the over-under, combine some games, and have a really fun time that's outside of sports betting, taking props on individual players, which we will be having a very special edition, thanks to Dylan Bird, of a Monkey Knife Fight and just a player props video for Thanksgiving specifically coming out on Wednesday afternoon. So be sure to check that one out. You can check that out and get some interest and you can find out some information about maybe some bets to tail, or you can just figure out some bets that you want to make on your own. But Monkey Knife Fight, using the promo code VETRI, my last name, V-E-T-R-I, they'll give you a free money bonus up to $50 to play on some player props for Thanksgiving or whenever you want to use them. So they said, hey, yo, Sal, you bring us some people, if they put 10 bucks in, we'll smash them. $10 rooskies right back at them. Hey, yo, Sal, if they want to put $50 in there, a heavy hitter, a kingpin, a head honcho, we'll smack them with a $50 bonus right there. You have $100 in your account. So check out Monkey Knife Fight. All the information is linked up down below. From code vetri v-e-t-r-i get you that bonus and let them know that you came from me so let's finish it up right now with the divisional matchup right here in the afc north with the ravens and the steelers the steelers right now depending on where you're looking they're three and a half point favorites in some spots three point favorites in some other spots i'm taking the steelers in this one with the spread i have them at minus three you can get minus three as of my recording on bet mgm or on FanDuel. it's three and a half on DraftKings. i think it'll come down to minus three and plus three basically everywhere this week maybe you see that number move to plus three and a half if too many people are on it but right now there's a lot of reasons to like pittsburgh and i honestly just think they're that much better of a team than the ravens this is going to probably be the most public bet on the entire weekend because Pittsburgh's undefeated. The Ravens have been looking bad. The Ravens are coming off of a loss where they look pretty bad overall. So I think a lot of people are just going to be jumping on Pittsburgh. And this was the exact same thing that happened the last time these teams played. Pittsburgh opened up as like a five point underdog and they went on and they covered that spread and won the game pretty easily. And it was maybe one of the most public bets of the year. So I hate being on these sides that you just know that everybody's going to be on the Steelers here since they're undefeated and they've just been looking great. And like I said, the Ravens have been looking bad, but you're just going to hold your nose, bite your tongue and be on the side of every single person that's going to be betting half drunk, eating their third tray of leftovers, eating all the turkey off their chest in this one. You're going to be with all those people, all the public and all the schmucks out there. You're going to be with them and you're going to be hoping that it pays off because everybody's going to be taking Pittsburgh. But let me at least give you some reasons why. Pittsburgh is number one in turnover differential at plus 12. Baltimore is pretty good as well at plus three, but nowhere near as good as Pittsburgh has been, both on offense at limiting turnovers and mainly on defense at taking it away. Pittsburgh is nine and two versus spread this year. That's number one in the NFL, while Baltimore is bottom three at four and seven. On offense, neither of these teams are that great. Pittsburgh number 24 in yards per play at 5.3 and Baltimore number 21 at 5.5. But it's the opposite side on defense that both these teams are good and Pittsburgh starts to become elite. Pittsburgh is number three in yards per play allowed. 4.9. 4.9. Baltimore is top 10 at 5.2. So what all that information all those stats basically means is that you're going to have two not that great offenses in terms of how efficient they are on a per play basis. Pittsburgh, the reason why they're putting up a lot of points is, honestly, they're facing terrible teams. Go back and look at Pittsburgh's schedule right now. It's a bunch of cakewalks coming off of a Jacksonville game, coming off of just games against these so, so bad teams. And even the teams in their division this year, like Baltimore, like Cleveland, if anything, look a little bit phony to bad as well. And Pittsburgh is also relying on these big plays and their defense is set up short fields and their defense is scoring as well on their own on some interceptions returns and things like that so it is a situation where right now pittsburgh is a little bit overrated when you look at their overall offense great weapons don't get me wrong their three wide receiver set is arguably becoming very quickly the best in the nfl with juju claypool and deontay johnson that being said though big ben has been a little bit overrated as of late he has looked pretty good overall in the last two or three weeks better than he did for the first month or two of the season but the numbers do not lie right now both of these offenses are not that efficient they rely either on their defenses to set up short fields or they rely on a big play here or there and on the flip side of that both of their defenses are very good right now both of them are top 10 in limiting the opponent Pittsburgh obviously the more elite team there at number three overall now Pittsburgh runs the eighth most plays per game at 66 and Baltimore runs the 22nd most because they are the number one run heavy offense both last year and now also this year in the NFL meaning that they're just going to run less plays if they're running the ball the, the, the clock is stopping less often because of incompletions they run 63 plays per game that is 22nd in the league and what this comes down to is number one overall defense Pittsburgh versus Baltimore's number nine overall offense and it's Pittsburgh's number one coverage unit versus Baltimore's number 20 passing offense give me this Pittsburgh team, give me this Pittsburgh defense and the offense. I like both sides better than whatever you're throwing out there for the Ravens. The Ravens, I'll take the running game, but even that three-headed monster is a little bit of a mess right now. The more Mark Ingram touches the ball and the less that they give J.K. Dobbins the ball, who is a true weapon, the only guy to go over 100 yards on the Pittsburgh Steelers so far this season on the ground in that last game when Mark Ingram missed. But now that's even going to be capped since they want to give Mark Ingram, the veteran, the 30-plus-year-old running back, more touches. So yeah, I think that Pittsburgh has the advantage everywhere. In the secondary, in the pass rush, in the run defense, in the passing game on offense. In a borderline, they have a very similar matchup. I'll give the Ravens the only nod in this game to the running game on offense, but I don't think that's going to matter as an underdog all that much in this one. I'll be taking the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Pittsburgh is also number two versus the run, which is going to neutralize that advantage, if any, that Baltimore has on the ground. So that's our fifth bet, Pittsburgh minus three. And we're gonna finish it up now with the over under, which is 46 and a half, 46, 45 and a half in some spots, depending on where you're looking. It is tough. The last game went over, but it was a little bit deceiving. 28 to 24 is what the Steelers won. But that game was very deceiving. So you have the 52 total points in that one. So you might be saying, Sal, the last game, which is a small sample, just looking at one game, went over. Why wouldn't we go over again a couple of weeks later? So in week seven, as you can see on the screen, that game did have 52 total points and 24 points at the half. So it was always trending for what would be an over 46 in this one right here. But let's just not get confused. Let's look a little bit deeper there. Baltimore committed four turnovers in that game, two fumbles and two interceptions, setting up short fields left and right for Pittsburgh to put up 28 points pretty easily. Pittsburgh only had 221 yards on offense. A lot of teams will have that in the first half in today's NFL. So Pittsburgh was working with some small fields to get their points. So I'm not going to be relying on that all that much more because of Pittsburgh had to work with longer fields and not four short fields because of turnovers by Lamar and also just turnovers by the team in general for overall turnovers in the game for Baltimore. Then Pittsburgh would have had to run more plays, which would have ran more time off the clock, which potentially leads to less overall points in that game, especially if some of those. Drives or longer drives that are stalled and not short fields that lead to touchdowns. So I'm not going to lean on that game all that much because honestly, if I do lean on that game, I would lean to go to the under, and I am going to the under here, under 46 and a half. So we have the over in the first game and the under in the next two games. Pittsburgh has gone four, five, and two against the over/under, and Baltimore has gone five and six. So these teams are leaning under more times than not, and it makes sense, right? We already mentioned how bad these offenses are in terms of efficiency. Pittsburgh number 24, they rely on short fields because of their defense, and Baltimore number 21. And we mentioned how good their defenses are. So strong defenses, number three Pittsburgh in yards per play, and number 10 Baltimore against bad offenses as long as there's not a ton of short fields again, that should lead to less overall scoring in the game. So that is the sign that I'm leaning on right now. I'm banking on the fact that there won't be as many turnovers, especially just from one side. So lopsided in this game, four from the Ravens last time, setting up so many short fields. I'm betting that that won't happen this time. And I'm going to be taking the under 46 and a half in a night game in Pittsburgh on Thanksgiving. That is our sixth bet we have in that game, Pittsburgh minus three and the under 46 and a half for Pittsburgh versus Baltimore. We got that under 46 and a half as well on FanDuel Sportsbook. So thank you so much for tuning into the Thanksgiving edition of the betting video. Those are six bets for you today thank you i appreciate it you can check out some of my other content as well this week for fantasy football for daily fantasy sports uh the big one being DraftKings, king super draft that type of stuff all the rest of my videos will be out by thursday morning and then also some videos for the sunday slate obviously as well friday saturday and sunday content will be going out then be sure to like and subscribe before you go support the sponsors of the show Viget promo code sal will get you those thousand free coins to use on the app if you download it now and then monkey knife promo code vetri v-e-t-r-i my last name gets you a free money bonus up to 50 bucks if you're going to be playing and want to play some player props we'll have a video out on Wednesday afternoon for that. Thank you so much. And I'll see you all in the next one. Enjoy your Thanksgivings and have a great rest of your day.